Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, Thursday, two nights from now, our first jet broadcast, Jets and Brown. That's right. Coverage begins at 7 Right after the K Show, Greg and myself with the pregame coverage, Bob and Marty have the call. The first of, well, let's see. We're committed to 21 games, including the preseason, but we hope that it's more than 21, right? I'll sign up for maybe 24. How's that? Do you give me that option right now? I think I'd take that. A lot of Jet fans would take that. So hopefully it is 24 games this year, and we have every step of the way on 98.7 ESPN. So we're looking forward to that, of course, on Thursday. And We'll get back to the calls in just a second. But as far as what went on today in Florham Park, you know, this was the first time that Aaron Rodgers addressed the media since he agreed to that new contract with the Jets, one that's going to free up $35 million that Aaron Rodgers willingly gave up so the Jets can put that back into the team, help the cap moving forward, and so on and so forth. And, you know, when you think about, why he decided to do what he did well you know what forget about me to explain here's Aaron it's about guys before training camp guys at the end of training camp that we could possibly bring in there's obviously more trades now that we see across the league at least bigger names at the deadline than maybe my first couple years in the league but this is going to be a few years partnership and after that hopefully there's not a huge kind of cap issue that's why we didn't need to backload it or put any special escalator strange things in the contract to weigh down the organization after I'm done playing See that little nugget that he dropped in there? This is going to be a few years partnership. Remember one of the concerns that a lot of Jet fans had when weighing the quarterback targets and the options during the offseason? A lot of it was, well, if you trade for Rodgers and you give up all this stuff for Rodgers, how do you know he's only going to be here for more than one year? Right? Well, now you don't have to worry about that. Rodgers, by his own admission, if he stays healthy, he's going to be here for at least two, maybe three years. And you hope that that results in a championship, at least, if you're the Jets. But the partnership so far has gone swimmingly in all facets. 100% it has. And then there were some people, not, not, not so much here, but maybe on a national level, that were... You know, trying to throw cold water on the whole prospect because, you know, Rodgers being, you know, the way he deals with the media and everything, that he he wouldn't be able to handle the criticism from the New York media. Well, what does he have to say to that? I'm aware of the New York media. They're phenomenal. They can be tough. But I laughed at certain individuals in the media who would say he can't handle the New York media. I look forward to the opportunity to speak and get my message out. I look forward to tough questions. I'd rather have tough questions than softballs. I'd rather, you know, have to think up here than be able to spout off some rhetoric and autopilot. It's just not my personality. So I enjoy the fact that you all have a job to do and you're all going to write what you feel is correct and that there's going to be some tough times during the season and some times where people are loving us up. And I enjoy the entire trek up the mountain. Well, you're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson on Thursday. He's going to probably 
in all likelihood start the game at quarterback because you're not going to see Aaron Rodgers in the Hall of Fame game. And look, Wilson has looked pretty good in camp so far. He has. Times I've been out there, he's looked a little bit more decisive, looked a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Here's the problem, though. You know, these aren't live, live, live bullets. It's not the opponent that's trying to rip his head off. That's going to come in time, and that's going to happen starting on Thursday against the Cleveland Browns. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's been several times he's pulled Zach aside and tried to offer some helpful pointers here and there. What does he have to say about his understudy? I think definitely some maturity. As much as anything, I, I hope that this time for him is is like a deep inhale and exhale, that he can really like take a breath sit with the disappointment of last year and the frustration and then channel it uh, and I feel like he has but just rechannel it to a, to a positive and focus on the opportunity in front of him I think he's done it it's a tough position you're, go- you're the guy you deal with all the stuff last year um, you know his, his play on the field the frustration some of the stuff that he said and the stuff that was said about him which is probably the most difficult by his teammates and by some of you all, and now he's got a chance to kind of reset that whole thing and take back the narrative. He's going to get a lot of opportunity in the month of August because I would be surprised if you see any, if all, of Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. Um, He hasn't played in the preseason in several years. This is going back to his Packer days. I just don't think there's anything to gain from it. But, you know, we'll see what happens down the road. Robert Sala throughout the possibility when he was on with the K-Show guys that maybe just maybe he gets like a series in that final game against the Giants. But we'll find out. That's still several weeks down the road. Makai Becton is going to be out on the field on Thursday night. All right, we haven't seen Makai Becton pretty much in two years in a game. What does the big tackle think about where he is right now? I'm really excited. I mean, I've been, I've been getting comfortable, getting more comfortable with my stance and moving around. So these past few days have been probably my best few days in, the, in a while, so I'm feeling confident, feeling comfortable. I'm ready to go. Feel great, moving great, look great, feel good. And lastly, Nathaniel Hackett spoke today. And remember, Hackett found himself in the middle of a controversy that was created by Sean Payton of the Broncos, who ran his mouth. And, you know, in that interview he did with Jarrett Bell of USA Today, basically taking shots at the prior coaching staff with the Broncos, which was Nathaniel Hackett and blaming them for everything that went wrong with the organization, with Russell Wilson. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers was the first to respond, you know, get get my coach's name out of your mouth. And I think Rodgers certainly built up a lot of fanfare with the Jets and their fans, which he's continued to do. But that was just the latest example. And, you know, kind of having that bravado to speak up on behalf of his, his uh, beloved offensive coordinator. Well, now we hear from Hackett. What did he have to think about it? I've been involved in this business my whole life, 43 years. And as a coach, as a coach's kid, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done in that house. And, you know, this past week, it's frustrating and it sucks, but we're all susceptible to it. There are things that you do, mistakes you make, and it costs you time on the field, costs you your job, all those things. And I own all that stuff. I mean, it's that fact. I got no excuses. That's how we live here at the New York Jets. how we've lived everywhere I've been. No excuses. So I own all those things. And it's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, that the comments that were made, but hey, they did. I'll tell you, I was probably more surprised that they happened now. Was definitely expecting them in week five. So I'm I'm almost thankful uh, that we got that out of the way. We all understand where certain people feel and think. Took the high road, but you know, he also didn't dance around it either. He basically told you, you know, that I was upset by it. You don't say those things. And, you know, he is right. Remember, 
Nathaniel Hackett comes from a coaching family. As he said, his father was the Jet offensive coordinator under Herm Edwards for a few years. Right, Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett was a guy that coached Joe Montana in Kansas City. You know, he long, long coaching career, West Coast offense. So this was the life he kind of grew into and decided to go down the same path. So he knows what comes with the territory here, but it still doesn't make it right. And good for him to speak up and good for him to, you know, kind of defend himself a little bit. And look, the Jets could ultimately be the ones to have the last laugh and the final word on this whole matter if they go into Denver in week five and roll up 40-something points and beat the Broncos. You don't think that that game is already circled on the calendar and on the schedule and bulletin board material, the whole nine yards? Rodgers is a guy who never forgets and has a chip on his shoulder about anything. So you know that if the Jets are in a good position that afternoon, they're probably not going to stop when it comes to putting points on the scoreboard that afternoon also. But that's in October. That's week five. There's still a lot of other things that they have to address before you even get to that point. But still, nothing wrong with additional storylines going into games, right? Especially doing what we do. We like all that stuff. And thanks to Sean Payton, that game in week number five between those two teams certainly got a heck of a lot more interesting than maybe it did even when the schedule came out. Five-nothing Rays over the Yankees as they go to the eighth inning. Bombers with just three hits this evening. Boy, that offense just isn't firing. Mm-mm-mm. 800-919-3776. John Harper at 930. Your calls when we return. Grasa till the top on 9870 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Deadline day for the Mets and the New York Yankees. Let's hear from you on the phones. Let us say hi to... Joe in Long Beach up next here on 98.7. Joseph, how are you? Evening, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. What's up, Joe? You know what I want to talk, Dan? I want to talk Nets, Mets, and the Jets because I think all three are interestingly enough having or may have similar seasons, right? So 
ended historically bad when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were both traded, ending the era of, you know, we thought they were going to bring multiple championships to New York. Am I right? That's what they thought was going to happen. But it ended in a dumpster fire. Right. Now, fast forward to the Mets. We have the Mets sellers at the trade deadline. If they don't make the playoffs, and seemingly they might not, this season with the highest payroll in baseball is going to be looked at as one of the worst seasons in Mets history, no? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now let's go on to the Jets. The Jets have invested so much in Aaron Rodgers. He's been a great team player. I love what he did with his contract. Joe Douglas is looking like he's building a championship team, a lot of expectations. Let's just say it doesn't go as planned. They win four or five games, worst-case scenario. Once again, the narrative is going to be which of these three New York teams had the worst season or the worst expectations going into a season and ended up in a dumpster fire. Your thoughts? Like the biggest flop, whatever we considered? Well, all things being equal. Yeah. I, you know, and, and knock on wood, there isn't like catastrophic injuries or something for the football team. I still probably would say the Mets. You know, the Mets, everyone thought at the minimum was going to be a playoff team. Absolutely. Atlanta Absolutely. in the division. We, we, we know they're, they're one of the best teams in baseball. But exactly. We thought they would at least make the playoffs. Now, they're looking like they're going to end in last place in their division and no one has any clue what this team is going to look like next year. Yeah, that's pretty fair. So that, And that's why I would say the Mets, because, again, Joey, and thank you for the phone call, the richest payroll in the history of baseball, not just the history of the Mets, the history of baseball. And as Joe said, all right, even if you were rational enough, and look, I, wasn't, I still picked Atlanta to win the division. They're the best team in the division until proven otherwise. They won it four years in a row. They got a World Series in there as well. Braves are the team to beat, but minimum thought the Mets would be a playoff team. 101 wins last year. At the very least, they're a wild card team. And now when you look at what's transpiring in the National League, you got the Reds, who are currently a playoff team right now. You've got the San Francisco Giants, who are a playoff team right now. Remember San Francisco? San Francisco had one of the worst off-seasons in the sport because they ended up with egg on their face twice. Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa, they thought they had both of them locked up until they didn't. And yet the Giants right now find themselves in playoff positioning. And you got the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, who are right there tied for the last wild card. Teams that nobody really expected a hell of a lot from. Teams that don't have high payrolls, and yet they're going to find themselves in. Add all that together... That's why I think the answer is the Mets. Let's say hi to Tommy and Lindenhurst up next here on 98.7. Hey, Tom, how are you? Uh, I'm a Yankee fan. I actually go back to Mickey Mantle. So, you know, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I remember the Stump Merrill years. I remember when Oakland used to beat them like a drum. Mm -hmm. And when it was was a close game, uh, they brought in Eckersley, and it seemed like the Yanks had two strikes on them before they even came to the plate. So, anyway, I've seen everything. Just answer a question for me. Well, as long as, you know, Hal Steinbrenner continues to line his pockets and he continue, and the dumbbells continue to show up at Yankee Stadium with 40,000-plus, 
things are going to remain the same. I mean, they've been a basically successful organization. They make the playoffs just about every year. Of course, they don't do anything once they get there. And George would be turning – forget about turning in his grave. All right, George must be saying to himself, how? The apple must have grown far, far away from the tree, farther than I ever thought it would. I mean, how is way – I know you, no one could be another George. I understand that. But, I mean, I think he's a way, way too patient with his people, uh, with his employees, uh, starting with Boone. I think Boone is one of the worst managers. Answer a question for me. Mm-hmm. Whose decision was it to start Judge one game in – Play him in right field. It wasn't the manager. It wasn't Tom. It wasn't the manager. That's an organizational decision for the Yankees. You know, if you if you follow the team long enough, and I thank you for the phone call. That's how they roll, right? It's not the manager making out the lineup card. That is coming from Cashman and the analytics department. God forbid. Can't play Judge three nights in a row. You kidding me? Somebody might step on his toe. You know when you watch baseball from time to time, you, you see them moving a piano out in the outfield every so often? You know where they have that stoppage in the game? I know that Manfred's big on the pitch clock, but sometimes you have those stoppages in the games because you got a moving company that moves pianos out in right field sometimes. There was that threat of maybe the piano being dropped on Judge's toe, and then he's lost again for two months. Can't play him in the field. Look, I get it. They're going to sell you on the fact the Yankees had 13 straight days or whatever it was without a day off, and they were playing games. So they were going to rest Judge from time to time. Well, you know what? Fine. But why would you rest them in games against the Baltimore Orioles, a team you're chasing, a team in your division, important games? And then you got Tampa this series, and then you got Houston after that, which is also a team that you're chasing, even though they're in another division. You got the crummy White Sox Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Rest them in one of those games, or even two of those games. Otherwise, what the hell are you paying them $362 million for? By the way, here was Max Scherzer. Let's hear from Max before we get back to the calls. Max Scherzer doing his introductory press conference with the Texas Rangers on the talks he had with Met Management. It was just an honest conversation between both sides and understanding what both sides were trying to want. We, we went into the season, you know, with high expectations, uh, rightfully so. We had a very good, te- very good team. Unfortunately, we didn't play up to it. And because of where everybody is at within their contract situation, age, everything, Billy and Steve, they wanted to, they had a do- different vision now. The math, the math changed on them. You know, they wanted to be able to flip guys for prospects. He's not wrong, right? I mean, what more do you want him to say? He's not wrong. Here's the other thing that Tom, you know, our previous caller was talking about with the Yankees, and and. and Buster only the other day. Um, when he was on with the guys on the K show. What just happened in the Met game, by the way? Harvey, did you see that? Like Alonzo took a spill. Was he trying to catch like a foul pop-up and he just like fell down and now his like face is all cut up or something? Like Buck has run out. What what happened? Let me see this. Alonzo's going for a pop-up near the dugout. He slides. And the ball literally just hit him in the face. I, I mean, oh, my gosh. He won't play the next game. What is it, by the way, with um, Mets players and uh, catching balls behind home plate? I don't know. You think if they took the netting away that the fans have a better chance of catching it? 100%. I'm just like watching. I'm watching this, and I'm just like, 
bewildered. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I know like we're on the radio and we need to talk and that's our job and everything. And but just like you watch this and it's like it's like a comedy routine. And the re- and, you know like it's it's fitting that it's Alonzo because he was a guy that we talked about like last hour. Like you know what is his future with the Mets now with all this uncertainty brewing with the organization? Is Alonzo going to be here in the long term? Then he goes and tries to make a play in foul territory. He slides and the ball literally catches him right in the face. Obviously we're we're in it to win it. They're in it to win it. All right, so back to what I was saying about Buster Olney. Buster said that, you know, the intel that he has received, that even if the Yankees have a bad season or, I mean, missed the playoffs this year, nobody's getting fired. Cashman's here, Boone's here. Okay, fine. Is it going to take back-to-back seasons of not making the playoffs? Back-to-back underachieving seasons before action is taken and things actually change with the Yankees? Like, what does it take? Don't know. And if you're a Yankee fan, like, are you just so fed up with the current state of affairs that you're willing to almost will that into existence? Which I think will be a little dramatic and a little harsh, but some people view it differently. And I can't get in their heads. What I can do is I can promise you John Harper. He's coming up next. We'll talk a little Yankee Met trade deadline with Harp. Grasso Show till the top on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Evan Grant, who covers the Texas Rangers for the uh, Dallas News, Dallas Morning News, uh, wrote a story that it was apparently Jacob DeGrom, the former Met, who got in the ears of the Rangers front office and directed them towards Max Scherzer, that he would be more than an adequate pickup for them to chase at the deadline. So there you go. The old Met bringing on another former Met in Max Scherzer. Without further ado, though, let's talk a little bit more about the current Mets, the current Yankees, and what they did or didn't do with the deadline with our next guest. You see him on SNY, read him on SNY TV and the like. He is, of course, the great John Harper. Hard-powered things, my friend. Uh, busy day, Dan. How you doing? Busy day. It didn't disappoint, that's for sure. A lot of action, more so uh, on the Queen side of things, and I guess that's where we got to start here. Um, did you think? Let's 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 rewind a week ago. Let's go back in the time machine a week ago. This time, what did you think the chances of either Scherzer or Verlander or both or none of them being ex Mets by today? Yeah, you know, Dan, I was I wrote a couple of times. I didn't think it would happen because I didn't think they would be able to get the type of returns and prospects, quality prospects, that they wound up getting just because, I mean, I knew Cohen would be willing to eat some money. But, I mean, 
he's committed himself to potentially 89, $89 million worth of their contracts if, if uh, Verlander gets that vesting option for 25 $89 million for guys that are going to pitch for other teams. I mean, that's – I actually was talking to an executive from another team tonight. I wrote in a column – Guy said that's insane. No, no, no one or anywhere would would do that type of thing. So, and you know what? You got to look. Whether you agree or not, you got to give Cohen credit for it. He just decided he wasn't going to chase a championship with these old pitchers, and he's going to pay whatever it takes to basically to buy prospects. And he's put this. I think he has put this organization in a much better uh, position to win down the road. Probably not next year, but the long term for sure. And, and again, like that's when it goes back to the owner and his financial clout, because look, we all know you can't buy prospects. They're not free agents, right? You have to draft right, them. You have right. to trade for them, develop them the whole nine yards. But in this case, now look, I know on the short term to the average person, it looks like Cohen paid a lot of money and got nothing in return in, in terms of winning baseball games, but he still found a way to pay down some of these contracts. And it seems like get at least a decent to above average haul in return for these guys, do you think that once the dust is settled, that the Mets graded out okay in terms of the return from all of the moves they've made in the last week? Yeah, from what I've uh, gathered talking to scouts, and, and that was the point I was trying to make, is that teams were not going to give them these type of prospects and take on the money of Scherzer and, Ver, uh, Scherzer and Verlander's contracts. And so by eating as much money as he did, that, that raised the uh, – the value of these guys that have gotten back, and I think that does make it worthwhile. I mean, they weren't they weren't going anywhere this year. I think everybody can see that. And then then the question is next year: Was it worth keeping Verlander and trying to buy another pitcher and try and go for it again? I I don't think it, I really think this might be a better way to go because Verlander's you know I mean he did he has he is he's been better lately, but he has shown signs of age this year. He was hurt early in the year. Uh, you know, and this, there's something about this offense that just doesn't. Uh, they they've been underachievers. You know, I know the numbers are okay for, for last year overall, but they didn't hit in September when they were trying to lock up a pennant. They yep. didn't uh, or a division title. They didn't hit the last weekend in Atlanta when they could have won the division title, and they didn't hit against the uh, Padres in the wild card series. There's something that's just you know not as good as maybe the some of the parts, whatever that expression is. It just doesn't look right. So. I think Cohen looked at that. I don't know. Maybe he listened to Billy Epler. Who knows? I have a feeling, though, this is Cohen's decision to just say, ah, let, we're, let, we're, not, we're not winning with this team. I'm going to break it up and do it in a different way. And the thing you said about Verlander, too, I mean, anybody who's watched Verlander throughout his career, watched him this year, I don't care what the ERA says and the wins and losses, his strikeout numbers are way down. He doesn't have the same yeah. dominating wipeout stuff he's used to having. So, I mean, look, eventually I think that ultimately you're going to see a regression there, and right now it's going to be for another team and likely the Houston Astros for the remainder of his career. But talking with John Harper of SNY here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, how about Alonzo? Because now that the Mets are in this kind of – retool mode, however word they want to use. He's the next guy that you think, all right, certainly has a lot of value. He's only got one more year of team control. Could you foresee a scenario? What would you put the odds at right now that come the offseason, maybe Pete Alonso is an ex-Met? Um, I'd say uh, maybe I'd say 30 to 40%. I don't think it's a lock that, he's, that he stays now. Uh, for one thing, he's you know he's not having a good year overall. I mean, I mean the, the home run numbers are there. He's hitting, he's hitting some home runs again lately. But he and Lindor both, you can't the middle of your your three and four hitters can't be hitting two twenty 
and expect to have an offense that's going to perform on a nightly basis. That's part of the, part of the problem. But I do think, you know, because they need power so much that I, I think they will try to retain him. Uh, but then it's a matter of, you know, I mean, can they, can they find a price they like? And uh, it's not that, you know, I don't think Cohen's going to suddenly try and get bargains or anything, but I do think he, he you know, maybe he'll draw a line somewhere. He's done it in other situations. So, uh, and you know what? Yeah, it's one of these guys they got um, from the Astros, the guy Clifford. He's an outfielder, but scouts say they they really think he'll. He's a six. He's six three. They see him more as a first baseman, a long term, and they love his bat. So, I guess you could look at that as maybe a potential uh, replacement for Alonzo if if you wanted to do that. Uh, I I still think though I think they probably get it done because uh, it's it is hard to find guys that can hit the ball out of the park with with his. Uh, the way he's done it since he's broken in, what, has it been five years now? Talking baseball with John Harper here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, how about the Yankees? We know that, it, you know, the funny thing about it is, yeah, they're in a better position than the Mets are record-wise, but they've only won five more games than the Mets. But the eye test really doesn't tell you that the Yanks are a playoff-caliber team. I don't think they're going to get there personally. Do you think they approach this deadline in the proper way of, you know, maybe not doing something foolish because realistically how much a difference would that have made in the long run? That's tricky. You know, I still feel like they kind of needed to go for it just because, I mean, it depends. They probably know more about Judge's health, but he looks, he's looked okay here. Uh, if he's back, I still think they have a chance to be better than they have been offensively. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad some of their guys have been, but I do think Judge changes the equation in a lot of ways. And, um, and then, you know, I mean, I guess Rodon wasn't great again tonight against the Rays, but I still think I still like his potential, him and Cole at the top. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw where Cashman said basically that they were opportunistic uh, buyers and and sellers, so they only got that reliever. Um, not 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 much impact, but I mean, I I would have liked to see them get one more bat and just try and go for it because I still think that as long as you got Judge and you got Cole in their prime. I think you got to take the chance. All right, maybe this is a little, you know, a little bit difficult to forecast here. But what is the end game with this group? Like, once we get to the off season, look, the Yankees aren't going to win a championship this year. We know that. You've covered this team forever. <laughs> You've been around this organization. Just the stuff that comes out of the front office, the manager, it really just makes you scratch your head. Like this for for years, this was an organization that was buttoned up. They were on top of their game. There was a clear plan. Now this stuff, it's like you're scratching your head every time they open their mouth. And last night, this stuff with Herman, he was cleared, but he didn't start warming up until an hour before the game. And that's why he had to come in in the fifth inning, but he couldn't start. I mean, like, did that, does that make any sense to you? Like, what is the message that is coming out of there with this team? Yeah, it, that was that was bizarre for sure, uh, and that that was, and then it was Boone uh, the night that they struck out 18 times, saying, "Well, other than the 18 strikeouts, I thought we could get back." I mean, <laughs> that's the that's the uh, the classic. Uh, other than the uh, other than the, what was other than the play, the, yeah, <laughs> or whatever it was, if you like to play. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't know. It, it's it is uh, strange because you're right; they have been. They were kind of the model organization for a long time, uh, but something's got to change there. If, if they don't even if they don't make the playoffs, I kind of think. I mean, I know Cashman just signed a new contract. How Steinbrenner has the ultimate faith in him, he seems to. But you got to do something different here. You can't you can't keep trotting out this lineup every year and thinking thinking things are going to change. I mean, even with Judge, you know this this 
this lineup, this you know, it'd probably be they'd be in better shape, but I don't. It, they weren't tearing it up even with him. So they got to find a way to get uh, some. A little bit like the Mets, they need. I think they need some young talent. But Volpe, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Volpe is potentially still an answer. Peraza, uh, maybe the kid, uh, the Martian, whether Dominguez is that. Jason name. Dominguez, I mean, they, yeah. They, yeah, they need uh, they need an infusion of young talent just like the Mets do because they got they can't keep trotting this lineup out. Too many strikeouts, too many uh, waiting on the home, three run homer and all that stuff, and it's been this way for too many years now. What do you do though, right? Because like Stanton, they have him still for a number of years and a lot of money. DJ LeMayhew, a number of years still and some money. Rizzo, multiple years. These are guys who aren't producing. And as they get a year older going into next year, like, is that magically going to change? Like, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with a lot of these guys because these are their highest paid players that they have on the roster. And it's not like they're free agents. That is the problem, Dan, no doubt. They've locked themselves into too many contracts that really look bad right now. Uh, LeMayu has been kind of the biggest shocker, I think, because he just kind of went over the cliff. Thought thought maybe he'd bounce back this year after the toe injury last year, but he hasn't looked good. The stand thing I said for years now, it's just killing them because, you know, the guy's hurt all the time, can't really play a position. He does play some right field now. But, uh, you know, I mean, that was that, this all goes back to them not getting Otani, thinking they were going to get Otani, and when they didn't, they they pivoted in like two days, and because Stanton came over, I said, "Oh, we got to do something, so let's go get Stanton." And he, you know, he's just killing them. I don't, I can't imagine that they could trade him. Um, he's got a no, no trade for one thing. So they're in they're in a tough spot. They are unless you know they could listen. They could. I don't. Who knows what Otani supposedly wants to stay on the West Coast? I just can't imagine the Yankees going out and spending that kind of money they would take to get him though, because they got so many long, large contracts already. And Hal Steinbrenner has made it clear. He's not going to outspend uh, the rest of the world the way the Yankees used to. And that's the difference, I guess, between the Mets and the approach that they just took here over the last week. Cohen paid off some of those contracts to be able to get a decent thing in return, whereas the Yankees aren't going to do that if they tried to unload one of these overpriced aging position players. Yeah, I, that's that's the difference is that, you know, Cohen is willing to pay for his mistakes. And even though they're basically saying they're going to take a step back next year, you know, at some point, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, because you can't expect Cohen to spend this kind of money on the Scherzer and Verlander contracts and then go out and spend another who knows how many millions on pitching next year. So I can understand it taking a step back. But at some point, he's still going to go out. He, he's committed to winning. He's going to go out and spend. And that's what you don't know about Hal Steinbrenner. How committed is he to being a team that will do whatever it takes? I mean, bottom line is both these teams need to draft and develop talent better. Um that's not always easy to do, especially in the short run. And we'll see if anything could be salvaged here out of the last two months. It'll be tough. Harp, appreciate a couple of minutes, my friend. Great job covering it all, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. You got it, Dan. Thanks. All right, there's our pal John Harper, SNY, SNY.TV. You could read him there. Tough sledding. These days for the baseball teams, as we know, Yanks trying to mount a little bit of a rally in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Rays started throwing the baseball all over the yard. They've committed a couple of errors this inning. Yankees have put a couple across the uh, across the plate. So it's 5-2. Oh, boy, look at this theater. How about this? So the Yankees, they're going to bring in uh, – Tampa Bay's going to bring in Pete Fairbanks, their closer. Two outs, tying run at the dish in the former John Carlos Stanton. You talk about making all the problems go away. 
This could be it. And Jeff McNeil, I think, just broke his arm going into the uh, outfield wall in Kansas City, which would be icing on the cake for the Mets at this point. But we'll take a quick timeout. We'll talk about how these uh, things have concluded here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Took Fairbanks four pitches to blow Stanton off the plate and end this game for the Tampa Bay Rays. And not just blow, I mean, like, overpowered him. Overpowered him. I mean, Stanton, look, you should have seen some of, like, the side replay angles. Stanton was, like, a day late with some of these swings. I mean, he is in such a funk right now. Yanks lose again. What can you say? 5-2 to the Tampa Bay Rays. So... The skid continues for the Bombers. I'm sure that Gordon and Larry will be all over the post-game reaction and some of the gobbledygook that you're going to hear about Aaron Boone. I'm sure he's going to love the approach. I'm sure he's going to love the, the performance. Um, here, here we go. You want to play the Aaron Boone bingo game, Harvey? Check the bingo card tonight. You got to tell me how well I do. All right, I'm going to guess. With Rodon, I'm going to start with Rodon. Despite the fact that he got shelled and he gave up all those home runs and gave up all those runs in just four innings, I'm going to say that Boone will say that he liked the shape of Rodon's pitches tonight. Answers with Aaron. Okay. He's going to like the shape of his pitches. That one will come up. The offense, I'm probably still going to stick to, like, the approach. You know, I, I, I think that that's solid. You know, he's a big fan of the approach. They scored a couple of runs in the ninth. So we'll leave it at that. But everything else is just it's garbage. What can you say? What can you say at this point? Let's say hi to Nick and Freehold up next here on 98.7. Nick, how are you? Hello, Nick. Hey, Nick. can you hear me? Yay, Nick. What's going on? Ah, you know, same old. Just miserable as always. <laughs> Real quick, I, I, I told your producer I will keep it calm, as cool, as collective as I possibly can. Sure. I'm done, Dan. Uh, Dan, Dan, I'm done. This team is an absolute disgrace. I've been a diehard Yankees fan since the day I was born. I wear an emblem on my chain about the Yankees, okay? What Brian Cashman has done with this roster, I, I envy what your Mets did. They can just get rid of these guys. They, they sign them with all the money in the world. They don't care. They can sign them, and then they get rid of them for prospects. That is a beautiful thing. Can you get rid of DJ? Can you get rid of Rizzo? Can you get rid of Stanton? Can you get rid of anybody? No. What did they do? They got a, a reliever with a 10-point-something ERA. That's, that's acceptable. This team is so disgusting. And if I have to listen to Aaron Boone on that bingo card again, 
tell me that Carlos Rodon pitched well, a guy that we just paid $160 million for. Are you kidding me? This team is, is in no man's land. Where's the young talent? Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. Are they going to bring him up? No, because they think this team is so – they're, they're always the smartest people in the room. They are the most disgraceful organization in sports right now. The Yankees are dead. It starts at top with Hal. Cashman better be fired. I know he won't be because this team is a disgrace. I'm sorry, Dan. I love you. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Nick, hang in there. Look, Nick, Nick, Nick's passionate, you know. What can I say about Nick? He feels it. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He loves his team. And look, the Yankees stink right now. They stink. I got to be honest with you. You know what? And I'm not just saying this because I fall on that side of the fence. You can make an honest assessment that the Mets might be in better shape right now, or it might be a little bit more pleasing to be a Mets fan because the Yankees, they're supposed to win this year now. Mets have at least cleansed themselves of that obligation, right? They've turned over a new leaf. There are no more expectations. You can you can approach the last two months of the season as a Mets fan with nothing but potential to be surprised a couple of players maybe get called up from the minor leagues and they flash a little bit tease you with their potential Yankees this is the roster they can only give you Ajita watching them play for the remaining two months of the season knowing full well that you know what the manager is going to be back the general manager is going to be back and nothing's going to change really let's say hi to Dwayne in Virginia up next here on 98.7 hey Dwayne how are you Everybody on? What's up, Dwayne? Good, great, grand, wonderful. Howdy, 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 Dan. All right, Dwayne, let's go. Clock is ticking. Let's go. What do you got? All right, all right. So, all right, uh, Cashman's comments about we're in it to win it, he's blowing Bubon smoke to all the Yankee fans. And I just wanted to ask you a quick question about the Mets. Have yeah. you ever seen a team dismantle? so much after having the highest payroll in American sports history and after winning 101 games last year to go to this and dismantle this much. Have you ever seen anything like it? And I'll shut up and listen, Dan. I love you, man. Dwayne, appreciate it. Uh, I've never seen a team with the highest payroll in American sports do this because this is the first time it's happened, right? Hence the highest payroll. But there have been teams that have tried to go all in and then blown it up when it didn't work. Boston Red Sox did that once upon a time. Remember um, when they had that I don't want to know if you want to call it a super team, but when they had the Carl Crawford, the Adrian Gonzalez, remember that didn't work out, and they pawned them off to the Dodgers because the Dodgers had money. And that happened, like, early in the season, earlier than the trade deadline. You know, San Diego Padres, once upon a time, this is go- not this version, but way back when, when they tried to go in with Matt Kemp and Upton and James Shields and Kimbrell, I don't know how many years ago this was, but... That didn't work out, and they blew that thing up pretty quickly. Bobby in Long Island, let's get him in real quick. Bobby, how are you? Okay, fast. Uh, who would you win a race, Judge or Stan? Who would win? Right now? Yeah. I'll tell you this, Bobby. I don't know, but if it was a pay-per-view event, I would pay to see it because I like watching that type of stuff. So would I. So would I. Uh, I heard, uh, you know, it's funny. Cashman had a press conference in the middle of the game. Like like German going and came into the middle of the game uh, yesterday. Um, now let me get to serious things. Um, Rodon, I told my friends, mm-hmm. you don't give this guy six years. He came. I don't care. I'm not talking about what happened this year. I knew before the guy had arm and shoulder issues. You don't give a guy six years. He's going to be another stand contract. I don't know why he couldn't give this guy three or four years. 
And because um, that's what he wanted. Is, and if the Yankees didn't do it, some other team no, would have no, done no it. No one's going to give him that. No, he, there, there were other teams that would have given him that. They would have. Well, we well uh, well we're the only idiots that are getting schooled again with it. Could be an understanding issue with him, uh, but we'll, only time will tell. Now with Cortez, you said you know they're saying about Cortez. This guy, since the post, I know he had a great year last year, but the postseason he got injured. He's been injured again this year, and he's been he's up over five ERA. And I so who knows how he's going to be when when he comes back. And um, and with the Jets, quickly, uh, you know, don't worry about Denver. You know, we beat New England first before we worry about beating Denver. I mean, you know what, it lost them 14 straight times. Yeah, they haven't beaten Denver since 2015. I agree with you, Bobby. And, and look, they got the Patriots in week three. They will have to deal with them. And you're going to have to beat the Patriots if you want to get to where you want to go this year because they're a division opponent, and you got to start winning some division games. Nothing more, nothing less. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to John Harper for hopping on. Thanks to, jo- uh, thanks to Harvey and thanks to um, – to Julian for producing the program tonight. Gordon and Larry are up next. Remember, we're with you again tomorrow at 7, right after TMKS here on 98.7 ESPN. Obviously, we're, we're in it to win it. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>